We're back in Ephesians, uh, chapter 4, it's on the back of the uh, new sheet, and Shireen's going to read. Today's reading comes from Ephesians 4, verse 1 to 16. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, When he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is, Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. This is the word of the Lord. Brilliant. Thanks, Reen. Uh, so it would be helpful to uh, keep that open. Um, are the boys in or are they out for the bridge? They're out. Brilliant. Now's uh, tomorrow if you want to slide out the back. Uh, and the rest of us are here. Brilliant. I wonder how you think about what it is we're doing uh, together this morning uh, about Christians uh, gathering together. Uh, here are a few ways you might uh, think about it. The first, uh, I'll call uh, the season ticket holder. Uh, for the season ticket holder, uh, sitting in, we don't have pews anymore, do we? S- sitting in chairs, as it were, uh, is a bit like sitting in the stands of a sporting event or, or sitting watching a concert. Uh, the real action is happening uh, at the front, and uh, you get to engage with it pretty much as a uh, spectator. Uh, perhaps you're inspired, uh, perhaps you're entertained, uh, perhaps you go away with something to think about, something to talk about, uh, but to some extent, it's quite a passive view of church. 
uh, the season ticket holder, the, the spectator. Uh, let me give you a more active uh, way of thinking about uh, our time together on Sunday mornings. Uh, let's call this the gym membership view. Uh, one of the things uh, I love about going to the gym, although I'm, you'd never guess I'm not a member of one anymore, um, one of the things I used to love uh, about going to the gym was that it gave you a kind of concentrated burst of exercise. Uh, most of my job is spent sitting down, uh, sitting down talking to people or, or sitting down uh, preparing and a certain amount of admin and things. Uh, so to go to the gym uh, guaranteed that I could just, you know, have a burst of exercise. Uh, and I guess the, the gym membership view of church is a lot like that. Uh, Sundays provide the time and space for, if you like, a, a, a spiritual workout. To praise God, to pray, to listen to his words. Uh, and that kind of helps to counterbalance the rest of the week, which is a bit kind of spiritually uh, stodgy. And I can see, so way, as a way of thinking about church, it's a lot more uh, active. But the danger is it's quite an individualistic way of uh, thinking about church. Uh, I come uh, to church and it's about me and God. Uh, just like I go to the gym and it's full of treadmills and I go on my treadmill and I plug in my headphones and I do my thing and other people are doing their thing and they go and I go and they come and I come. And it's, it's people doing similar things at the same time but not particularly connected. The season ticket holder. Uh, the gym membership view. Uh, if you've been with us uh, for the last couple of weeks as we've been uh, kind of engaging with uh, this letter to the Ephesian church, you might already be slightly uncomfortable with each of those pictures. Uh, Paul's been telling us that God's uh, purpose for the whole universe is to bring everything together under Christ. And the church is to be uh, a picture of that. Uh, very different people, people who were hostile to God, to some extent hostile to one another, are, are brought together in God's households by Jesus uh, and we're saved then to be uh, an advert together for what God is doing in the world by the way you get to see gym membership at Christianity doesn't fit with that very well because it's, it's not really an advert of what God is doing bringing people together it sees Christianity more as a kind of uh, self-improvement exercise uh, Ephesians won't let us get away with gym membership just me and Jesus Christianity uh, and it won't let us get away with this kind of uh, passive uh, season ticket spectator Christianity either. Uh, we heard a couple of weeks ago, it's, it's there in our reading for us, the very beginning of chapter 4, uh, Paul urges Christians to live a life worthy of their calling. Uh, to be part of uh, God's household together means showing the world what God has called us to uh, it's an all of us, all of life thing. That's what he's been saying. An all of us, all of life thing. And you can't live that out as a spectator. Just as you can't live that out on your own. Uh, so this morning we're going to get a, a picture of what it is that we're called to be as church. Not uh, season ticket holders. Not inactive spectators. Not gym members doing our own thing. But being in God's household, it turns out is more of a kind of team sports in which we all have a part to play. Uh, let's have a look at these uh, verses together. We're mainly on, on the right-hand uh, side um, uh, of the handouts there. 
Let me start by saying this. If you're here this morning and you're a Christian, whoever you are, whatever your background, you are gifted by God. If you're a Christian here this morning, you are gifted by God. How can I say that with 100% confidence? Because it's there in verse 7. I'll tell you what, why don't we all read it out together? Verse 7. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. To each one of us, grace has been given. If you're a Christian this morning, Christ, according to his perfect love, according to his uh, total knowledge, his holy wisdom, he has given each one of us grace. If you're a Christian, you are gifted by God. Uh, now some of us here don't believe that. Uh, maybe we have uh, too limited a view of the parts that there are to play. We think of uh, playing a part as being the things that happen up here facing that way. Uh, to live out our callings we need to recognise there is a lot more to church life. There's a lot more to living out this calling than facing that way from here. Uh, Maybe some of us uh, struggle to believe this because we're honestly not sure what our gifts might be. You need help to recognise them, to to put them to work. That might be something you can take away from this morning. But you need to know, if you're a Christian, you are gifted by Christ. But I guess then we need to answer the question, why? Uh, Why has God gifted each one of us? Verses uh, 12 and 13, tell us what our gifts are for. Uh, We're to use our gifts, we're told, for works of service. Verse 13, so that the body of Christ may be built up. Uh, If you're a Christian, you're gifted by God to play your part in building God's people. Uh, Let's just focus for a minute on those words, works of service. That word service is the word translated elsewhere as as ministry. Since every Christian is to use his or her gifts uh, for ministry, we're all in ministry together. You see, the the spectator view, the season ticket holder view of church, doesn't do justice to what we're called to be. But all of us are players on a team. We're all called to be uh, on the pitch, if you like. Uh, That idea is uh, continued on in verse 16 for us. Uh, This wonderful picture of a a body in which each part does its work. We don't all have the same part to play. We don't all have the same work to do. But we all have a part to play... And we all have work we can do. You've been gifted by God to play your part in building God's people. And what that means is your gifts are given to you for the sake of others. Uh, We were thinking uh, last week, weren't we, about uh, the unity of the Spirit and how that comes about. Uh, Ephesians is big on unity because it's big on this idea of God's overarching purpose being putting everything together under Christ. Now, it is possible to use our gifts in ways that go against unity. Often we find we enjoy the things that we're good at, whether that's music or pastoral care, giving, prayer, world mission, administration, whatever it is. We enjoy the things that we're good at within church life, and so we specialise. Our area of gifting becomes, if you like, our thing within church. 
Uh, And if we're not careful then, uh, church life becomes an arena where I get to express myself and use my gifts in ways that I enjoy, rather than to serve other people. Uh, And before you know it, the risk is we've moved away from the unity of spirit and we're into a kind of hobby-like unity that we were thinking about last week, where uh, the musicians get to unite around doing their thing. Uh, And the people with a passion for world mission, well, they get to unite about uh, their thing. Uh, And the people who care about the practical needs of of the elderly in the congregation, well, they unite doing their thing. And suddenly it's all gotten a bit cliquey. And there are some people who aren't in a position uh, to use their gifts and they feel aimless and they feel excluded as if they don't belong. What Paul is saying here is Christ doesn't gift the church so that I can pursue my thing and you can pursue your thing. You've been gifted by Christ, he says, for works of service and that means uh, your part is to be done for the sake of others. Turn and have a look at the person on your left, the person on your right, behind you, in front of you. Your gifts are to be used to bless them been gifted by Christ to play your part in building uh, God's people. Uh, All good so far, but what uh, kind of guides the use of our gifts? Uh, What is the body of uh, Christ, the church, sort of being built uh, towards? Uh, Just look with me at the end of verse 13 there. It's the end goal that Christ has for the church. uh, To become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Uh, That word uh, maturity means uh, completed, fully formed, uh, arrived at its goal. And what is the goal? For Christians together to have attained to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now that is Bibleese, isn't it? Uh, How do we explain that? This uh, phrase pops up a couple of times in Ephesians, so that can help us. Uh, Chapter 1, verse 23, Paul tells us that the church already has the fullness of Christ. Uh, Earlier in chapter 3, Paul prays that the church would experience it more. This fullness is something we both already have uh, and that we can grow it. Here's my best stab at explaining verse 13. Uh, Maturity is Christians united together, fully knowing, fully enjoying, fully living out all that we are and all that we have in Christ together. It's a bit of a mouthful. Maturity is fully knowing, fully enjoying, fully living out all that we have, all that we are in Christ together. Uh, And the closer we get to that, the more that we advertise what it is that God has done for us. And what God uh, can do for anybody. Uh, Who we are, uh, what we have as Christians, comes from who uh, Christ is and what he's done. Uh, And that is so rich and so wonderful and so life-altering that we will not know or enjoy or live it out completely this side of Jesus coming back. See, when it comes to uh, the fullness of Christ, knowing, enjoying, living out all that we have, there's always going to be more to discover. Uh, some of us might have read the, uh, the Narnia Chronicles, uh, Aslan and all that stuff. Uh, C.S. Lewis's uh, imagery, the great lion Aslan is the king, he's the, the Jesus figure. Uh, and at the end of the final book, uh, The Last Battle, uh, Aslan appears and the children are repeatedly invited 
to explore deeper, to discover more. Further in, further in is the cry from the lion. Further in, further in. And with every step further in, they discover that the world, as they thought it was, is more beautiful and more real than they'd ever realised. They're invited on this uh, voyage of discovery that seems to never end. Further in, says Isaiah, further in. That is Christ longing for the church. That, that we might go further into uh, the gospel together, to grasp more deeply, more richly, uh, what we have in Christ. To discover, to know, to enjoy, to, to live out who we are, what he's done more fully. I don't know how you experience your Christian life, but it ought to be, at least in part, a kind of a voyage of discovery. As together we explore, we uncover uh, the riches that we have in Christ as uh, we take steps forward, further in, to the gospel. And it keeps getting better. Uh, But what we find in Ephesians is to experience this uh, voyage of discovery, as it were, Uh, we do need to know that it's not a solo voyage. That's where the gym membership view of church falls short. Because Paul's very clear here, maturity is not an individual pursuit. It's the body, people together, uh, who move towards maturity. It's a shared, collective thing. None of us can fully know, fully experience, fully uh, live out all that we have in Christ without each other. See, as with every other part of the Christian life, we will live it more poorly, in a poorer way, a less rich way, if we try and do it on our own. Uh, Why so? Well, for one thing, we need each other. Uh, The diversity of gifts Christ gives to his people tells us that, doesn't it? Uh, To know and experience everything that we have in Christ, I, I need the gifts that Christ has given you to be exercised in the life of the church, to build up the body, because you can do works of service that I can't do. And you, with all your gifts and your relationships and your temperament and your life experiences, there are things that you can do that nobody else can do. Nobody else in this room can do. And as a body, we need you. And at the same time, there are works of service that you need. You need to be served by other people in the church family who have been uniquely gifted to do that for you. The person behind you, in front of you, to your left, to your right. So as we travel together on this voyage of discovery, the gospel keeps becoming better and better news. That's why uh, maturity is something that is worth striving for together. The, the more progress we make, the more wonderful the Christian life is. The more wonderful church community is as we uh, unite together to more fully know and enjoy and, and live out uh, what Christ has done for us. Now, how do we move towards this maturity? Further in, further in. How do we attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ? Uh, At the end of our passage there, Paul gives us this great picture of what a healthy church looks like. A a church pursuing maturity where, verse 16, every part does its work. Uh, Let's just look briefly at verses uh, 15 and 16. They they parallel one another. Uh, At the heart is Christ. Uh, And two different mentions of the church growing. So verse 15, uh, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Uh, Literally, we grow into Christ, who's the head of the whole thing. And then verse 16, uh, from him, 
Uh, the whole body, joined, held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. See, Christ here is the goal into whom we grow, and he's the source from which the whole body grows. It's all about him. Uh, the church that's growing in maturity will have Christ at the centre of all that it does, as it seeks to know and experience uh, more of what it has in him. See, the more it matures, the more life will centre on Christ, and then the more we will grow and mature, and so it becomes this sort of virtuous uh, circle that we enjoy together. So I guess the question would be, how do we step into that uh, virtuous uh, circle? And as we close, I just want to focus on those five words in verse 15. Uh, speaking the truth in love. Speaking the truth in love. Uh, we saw last week, didn't we, that, uh, that the unity of the Spirit is preserved by a Jesus-like love uh, and Jesus' truth. How does that happen day to day in the nitty-gritty of life? It happens as God's people love each other in a Jesus-like way and because we love each other, we speak the truth in love. See, Paul says that is how we'll mature. That is how the body's built up. That the works of service that we're gifted for, the, uh, the parts we all have to play within the body, they all have this in common. They will all include speaking the truth in love. Uh, to put it in uh, footballing terms, I'm sorry if football is not your thing. Uh, to put it in footballing terms, you can be a defender or a midfielder or a striker or a goalkeeper. Uh, and there will be particular gifts that you need to do that and you'll have particular roles within the team. But if you're on the pitch, if you're a player, every player is called to uh, receive and then to pass on the ball. Uh, if you're on a football pitch and you're not expecting to do that and you're not equipped to do that, then you're not really playing football. If you don't ever receive and pass on the ball, you're just running around. See, for the Christian as part of the body, we are called to receive and pass on the truth in love. Now, we might have particular roles to play, particular gifting, particular uh, parts of the pitch, as it were. But what we all have in common is this task of speaking the truth in love. And if we're not expecting or equipped to do that, then we run the risk of simply busily running around without growing, without building up the body. See, certainly it's possible to be in churches for years just running around busily, never cultivating relationships where uh, people can speak the truth in love to you, uh, never receiving or passing on the truth in love to other people. Here it is, at the heart of our works of service, speaking the truth in love. I'm not sure that we expect that. Uh, why would works of service uh, need to include it? Because the end goal is maturity. And that means coming to more fully know and enjoy and live out what we have in Christ. And we need words to communicate and remind one another what it is we have in Christ. Uh, the most loving thing uh, we can do in the way that we serve a fellow Christian is to help them grasp more fully what they have in Christ. To help them, if, as it were, to unwrap and enjoy uh, more of the gift of Jesus himself. Uh, the most loving way you can serve somebody who's not yet a Christian is to help them to see more of who Jesus is and what he's done. 
And both those things will require you to lovingly speak the truth. Now, to be sure, we uh, aren't called to do that all the time. Just like a football player or a rugby player, uh, sometimes you serve the team in other ways that help others to receive the ball and pass it along. But every player over the course of 80 or 90 minutes, at some point, and probably many points, they receive the ball and they pass it on. In some way, that is what every player is called to do. And that's what we get here. Uh, We're all gifted by God in ways that will create opportunities for us to do the same thing, to receive and to pass on the truth. Now, the thought of that may fill some of us with dread. It's great, we think, to know that we have a gift, but perhaps we're not sure uh, what ours is, or we're not sure how to make use of it. Uh, We are called here to get equipped uh, so that we can speak the truth in love uh, as we serve. Uh, We jumped over verse 11 before, just briefly. Uh, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service. See, all those roles in verse 11 have in common that there's their particular roles that have to do with uh, sharing God's truth. See, the way to be equipped to speak the truth in love, to, to use our gifts in line with God's word, is to have God's word applied to your life through Bible teaching. Uh, lifestyle gurus, productivity coaches, uh, they may have all sorts of things to say. There may be a certain amount of practical wisdom in lots of that. But a lifestyle guru won't speak God's truth to you. Uh, They won't speak the truth in love to you. And so in sporting terms, what they will do is they'll help you to run around the pitch more quickly, but they won't help you to play the game. They won't help you to pass and receive the ball. Uh, You might think about uh, my role as that of a player coach. Uh, I'm still a player, because we're all players on the pitch. We've all got parts uh, to play. But my job is also to kind of coach the team, using the Bible as, if you like, the playbook. So that we can, all of us, play our parts with the gifts that God has given us. Uh, If we think about the the team sport picture for a minute, uh, there are some aspects of training and equipping that the whole team need, no matter what your uh, position is, no matter what part you play. There's uh, fitness training. Uh, If it's football, there's controlling the ball, passing the ball. That's just universal. Uh, Whether your gifts make you a defender or a goalkeeper or a striker, every player needs to be equipped to do those fundamental things. Uh, But that's not all, because then... Uh, there'll be specialist things. If you're a goalkeeper, there'll be a goalkeeping coach to equip you in the particular things that you need. If you're a defender, there'll be a a defensive coach doing the same thing. There'll be a set-piece coach. Uh, Some of what we do is common to everybody. Some things are more specific. The Christian life is just the same. Uh, Many aspects of what we need are common. Uh, We get a sort of common uh, body of teaching Sunday by Sunday. Uh, These things are to build our spiritual fitness, as it were. Uh, But there will be some things that are individual, because being equipped to be a Christian grandma isn't the same as being a Christian uh, office worker. Being equipped to be uh, a a 25-year-old is not the same as being uh, someone who's speaking the gospel to their 65-year-old neighbour. Teaching Sunday school is not the same as playing the music. Uh, We need general and we need specific uh, equipping. Uh, for the good of the team. See, the way that we play our part in any co- uh, sport, I guess, is uh, by getting some coaching, by developing our gifts through training and then playing our part in matches. And if you love the sport, you love the club, well, that's a joy to do all of that. 
The way you grow as a Christian is you get the coaching you need to equip you, uh, you develop those gifts through serving, and then you play your part in church life. Uh, And if you love the people and if you love your God, well, that becomes a joy to you. Uh, We're going to have a a, a bit of a think about how we might do that in practice uh, next week. Uh, But for now, you'll see at the bottom of the sheet there, there are three questions. And what I'm suggesting is we just take a minute or two and we think about them. So the three questions there. Have I drifted into a passive spectator or an individual gym understanding of church life? Second question, what might my gifts be? How can I test them out? And use them to serve. And then lastly, how can I get equipped? So that we're using our gifts in line with God's truth. And as we do our works of service, we're able to speak the truth in love to one another. Uh, Let's take a moment of quiet. Uh, We can think about uh, one or more of those questions. uh, And then we'll come together.